Hey y'all, my name is Kiana and I will be your host. This month at Victory, we are starting a new series. The series is titled The Matters of the Heart. Today's message of the series is titled, I Qualify. God, I pray that this message touches the lives of the ones that need it most. Open their hearts and ears so that they can receive your message. Allow them to take this message and carry it with them throughout their day, week, and life. Amen. The next voice you will hear will be of our very own Pastor Daniel Spence reading 1 Samuel 16, 1-7. through 7. God bless you. The Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I've selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied. Oh, I went fast enough. And say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? They asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took, a, took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So, so the month of July, I want to talk from a series called The Matters of the Heart. For the whole month, I want to talk about the matters of the heart. I want to, and today we're going to talk about I Qualify. I qualify. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you now that you've given us opportunity to come into your house just one more time, God. I thank you now that you are prepared the hearts, prepare the minds of these your people, oh God, to receive your word. I pray that something is said or something is done that will change somebody's life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I qualify. So, so today's message may not be for everybody in the house because some of you may already feel like you qualify. But um, to get whatever God has for you, you may qualify for the anointing. You may feel like you qualify for everything that God has. But some of us uh, get ourselves in a position sometimes where we feel like we don't qualify to have everything that God has for us. And sometimes it happens only because people have, people have put us in a position to make us not feel like we're qualified. Uh, we may not sound like the other person when we sing. We may not sound like the other person when we preach. Uh, we may not have the right clothes on. We may not have the right kind of shoes on. But somebody else may look at you and disqualify you based upon how you look. And because they disqualify you by how you look, then you start second-guessing your own self. 
Well, maybe I'm just talking about myself. I'm just talking about me because sometimes I, I know I don't sound like every preacher. I know I don't have the best car. I know I don't have the best clothes. I know I don't live in the biggest house. So sometimes I, I disqualify myself sometimes because I don't sound like the people expect me to sound. I don't look like the people expect me to look. I don't have the things that people expect me to have. So I sometimes disqualify myself for everything that God has for me. And I know somebody else in here feels kind of sort of the same way sometimes. That we just wait, we base our, base our opinions of ourselves or base our opinions of what God has for us based upon what other people say about us. But each of us need to get to the place where we need to say, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, whether you like what I'm wearing or not. I don't care if you think I don't look good in gray. Gray makes you look bigger than I look. Or what gray, I don't, I don't care what you think. We need to get to the place where we can tell the people who are judging us or who are making examples of us that we don't care what you think about us. The only person I begin to care about now is my father in heaven. What he thinks about me, how he judges me, how he cares is what I need to care about thinking. And I know he's not looking at my clothes. He's not looking at my shoes. He's not looking at my car, my house, all that stuff. Only thing he's looking at is what's inside of my heart. So flip side. So if he's looking at the inside of my heart, and that's all we should care about. So that means at some point you should be able to check yourself. Yeah, I set y'all up. I set you up. I set you up. I set you up. Sometimes we ought to check ourselves on whether our heart is so pure enough where if God begins to look at our heart, that he'll be pleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us are the same ones who go out and start judging other folks based upon how they look, how they sound, how they dress, what they're living in, what they're riding in. We don't want to be judged, but yet we'll start judging other folks. Amen. So then if that's the case, then why do why you expect God to look at your heart and show you favor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would, he, why would you expect him now to show you favor if you're doing the same thing you're hating on somebody else for doing? Okay, I, Jared, I, Jared I, was, I wanted some little amens on that one, Jared. I wanted, but I guess it's too hard to say some amens if it's a little personal to you. I'm, I'm fine if you... It must be a little personal, so it's kind of hard for us to say amen, June. When it hits us at home, it's hard to say amen sometimes. So, but can y'all just say amen anyway? Just, yeah, because I know right there in y'all head, y'all, y'all maybe look at yourself, but you're still looking at the next person for what they're doing. You still ain't looking at your own self. You still ain't looking at how you talked about the next person. You still ain't looking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just a piece that God just threw in there. But I, I just want to talk today about those who, who are in a position where you feel like you don't qualify. And God wants to say, okay, today I want you to, I want to show you that you really do qualify uh, uh, for what I'm, I'm about to give you, what I'm giving you now. You do qualify. The only challenge is that in that process, there's going to be some things that go on in your life that isn't necessarily going to be good. Right. Tough times might come. Some, some shortages might happen. Some, some tough days might be coming. Some other those folks will still come to you and still disqualify you but you got to still put that smile on your face like miss. You still got to put that smile on your face anyway and come up here and preach anyway when, when life is throwing curveballs left and right, when you're getting hit left and right. You still got to come up here and preach and hold the mic and still put on a big smile and still help somebody else. That's, I'm helping me out right now. Y'all ain't got to say no amen. I'll, amen, amen, Daniel, amen, Daniel. I'll amen my own self because that's, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, yeah, you, in the midst of you trying to deal with your own problems, everybody's still calling you about their problem. You got to put your stuff on the back burner and still help somebody else. I, yeah. 
ain't the only one. I ain't the only one. Some of y'all, some of y'all in here got people calling y'all left and right for help, left and right for problems. And you're like, can you, can I just work my problems? Can I just, can I just deal with my stuff just for a minute? Because I got, I got a lot going on too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you do qualify. You do qualify. And the, and the text shows us a few things. God showed me here in the text to point out a few things that helps you understand uh, that you do qualify and how you know that you're qualified. The first thing he showed me is found in verse one. Verse one says, now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul and I've rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with oil and go to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Y'all know something special about Bethlehem, right? We're going to come back to that in a minute, but I want y'all to remember it. He tells him to go to Bethlehem to pick the next king. Find a man there named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be king. The first thing you've got to realize, if we're going to be, um, if we're going to qualify and we know how to know we're qualified, you have to understand and have to understand the fact that God has chosen you specifically. There's so many people that are, there's so many people that are there. There's so many people that are there in your circle, in your, in your, in your friendship, but you are the one. There's so many people in your family that's talented, they got skills level, but you are the one. There's so many people on your job and your workplace that are good, that can do their job well, but you are the one. There's so many people in your neighborhood that has nice house, nice car, but, but you are the one. He has chosen you out of all the people. He has sent somebody to tell you today that you are the chosen one that God has chosen. So I ask you, open up your ears today and listen in the words that God's saying, I'm choosing you because I choose that you are, I, I, I perceive that you are qualified. You are qualified. So, that's, so the text says that he sent Jesse to the city of Bethlehem. Uh, it's kind of ironic that he sends her to the city of Bethlehem. Y'all don't think about Bethlehem? Who was, who was born in Bethlehem? Who was born in? So, sweet baby Jesus, sweet baby. Sweet baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. So it's some strategic um, about why God, I'm going ahead of myself, it's something strategic while God sent uh, Jesse, I mean, sent Saul, I mean, sent Samuel, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull myself back because I'm ready to mess up telling my point two before I get there. I might just go ahead and go skip the point two now anyway. Oh, help me out, Joe. Help me out, Joe, so I don't go far. So here it is. So, so in Bethlehem, we know Jesus was born. So it's strategic now why God has sent somebody to Bethlehem to pick the next king. Did you, did, you, did, you see, did, you, did you see? The first king, first king, first true king will be sent from Bethlehem. So, this, this, so God says, I'm going to send this guy to Bethlehem to pave the way. This guy's going to pave the way for the true king that's coming. God has chosen every one of us to go before him and help him pave the way for him to arrive at a certain destination. Okay, okay. You are wondering right now why you're going through so much torment on your job. <laughs> and you're wondering why, God, why did you put me in this place? God says, because I've chosen you, you qualify to lead the way to introduce me to the people in the location. So what if you were not sent to the location? 
just maybe they wouldn't get introduced to who I am. Okay. Yeah. Some of y'all are like, okay, that's why. Well, show me God quick so I can get out of this location. So God says, I want to send you, I'm going to send you to a place where I want to show up. But I need you, my chosen vessel, first to go there and pave the way for me. You qualify. Although people are talking about it, people are treating you bad, you still qualify. And you got to understand you're chosen to be there. Verse 2, verse 2 says, um, I'm sorry, verse 3 says, invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. If you're going to learn that you're qualified, the first thing you have to do is understand that you're chosen. The second thing you have to learn is that it's in your bloodline to be qualified. Let me help you out. Let me help you out real quick. So we do realize that all of us come from the lineage right now, lineage of Abraham, right? Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Go a little further on, Boaz had Obed. Who did Obed have? Who's Obed's child? Jesse. Who's Jesse's child? One of them. David. <coughs> Who did God send to go anoint? And he sent him to get anointed because he knew that was already predestined in his bloodline that he would be king. So what you're going through today is already predestined because it's already in the bloodline that you should get the rights to whatever it is God has for you. Can I go just a little bit further? When, I ain't going there yet. I ain't going. I hear you hit something. Hold, don't hit nothing. Don't hit nothing. Hold, don't hit nothing. Later on in the bloodline, you had another brother named Solomon. Right? Solomon then had a son named Rehoboam. Rehoboam, Rehoboam, bomb, boom. Y'all know who I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's him. He had him. In that same lineage, later down the line, there was another man named Jacob. Jacob had another son named Joseph. In Joseph's bloodline, was the true king. Jesus the Christ who was born in Bethlehem who Samuel was sent to the place to find the king that I told you about in point one that led the way for the true king to come. You have to realize, I don't care what people say about you, who people call you, what people do to you. It does not matter. They cannot change your bloodline. They cannot take away from you what's rightfully yours. I don't care who they call you, who they say you are. It does not matter who they think you are. You are who you are, and it's because of your bloodline, your lineage, that you are going to get everything that God has for you. You're going to end up in the place that God wants you to be in. You may go through some struggles. You may go through some hard times, but it does not matter, and nobody can stop what God 
God has already ordained. It's in your bloodline to get everything that God has for you. And I need somebody to realize that nobody, there's no boss man, no neighbor, no whoever can stop. You're qualified simply because of your bloodline. And nobody can stop it. I don't care how much they dislike you. I don't, how much, I don't care how much they hate on you. It does not matter. Yeah. 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 Whew. So you're chosen. It's because of your bloodline. Here's one thing that God hit me with to help me out a little bit. Uh, to be able to handle... Um, uh, 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 this point when they arrived Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought surely <coughs> this is the Lord's anointed sometimes you'll be getting overlooked intentionally Sometimes God will have you in a place to get overlooked intentionally. Okay. As smart as God is, as wise as he is, he's sending Samuel to Jesse. So why couldn't he automatically put David up front to be seen right away? He's God. He could have orchestrated all that so that when Jesse, had, I mean, when Samuel showed up, David would have been right there, coming, washing his hands from being out in the field, whatever the case would be. But he didn't, that didn't happen. One of his other brothers was in place. Y'all see that? One of his other brothers in place. I believe that's strategic for God. Y'all know I always teach this. When God makes, when God does a miraculous thing, he always builds an audience. He always builds an audience. So I think it's strategic that God says, I'm going to intentionally have David overlooked at this moment. I need him to go through every one of his brothers because I want to make sure that when I begin to anoint David, they can't say I anointed him by mistake or there's more to come. So I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to go through every one of the brothers in that family. I'm going to wait and overlook, every, I'm going to overlook David and get everybody else in the family first. So that when David does come, you can't do what's in the latter text. It says, hold up, there's one more. So maybe God is allowing people to overlook you right now. Maybe he's allowing things that happen in your life right now to put you on the back burner so nobody can recognize who you really are. Maybe he has you in a position right now where people don't even recognize the anointing on your life, but not realizing that you've already been anointed to handle it, but they don't recognize it yet because you haven't been put out into the forefront yet. You're still in the back burner. You're still being talked about. You're still dirty. You're still broke. You're still in a situation that nobody else wants. They're judging your outer appearance. Because you're out in the field working, because you look dirty, because you look sweaty, because the sun is beating you down, they're judging your outer appearance because they don't recognize that you really qualify. And because they put you out into the field, because they talk about how you look, they talk about how young you are, you then accept the truth from them. 
not realizing that you've already been spoken the truth once before. Now remember, he's been anointed before. I mean, he's been, he's been anointed then, but I'm sure he's talked. Whenever we get a prophecy, comes to us. God's already spoken to us, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, um, what was it? confirmation. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a confirmation of what God has already told him. So I'm sure he's out there in the, in, in the field feeding the sheep, feeding the goats. And God said, hey, son, you're going to be anointed one day. Look, you're going to be the king. Like, nah, God, I'm out here in the fields. I ain't doing Nah, I'm, I'm in the fields. I'm cleaning. I got some more brothers ahead of me that's more qualified than I am because they, God says, no, nah, I'm, I'm anointed. You're going to be the one. So some of you already have been talked. God has already spoken to you in your heart and told you who you are. And for some reason, you've blocked it out of your mind. And I believe part of that is because of what people have been saying to you and talking to you and put you. You've been basing that decision based on what somebody else said about you. And they're only looking at your outer appearance. They have no, they don't have the ability to look at your heart. They can only see your outer appearance. God says, I need you to understand that you're qualified. And I'm going to put you in a place that sometimes you may feel like you're overlooked. But I'm just setting it up for the right time. For you to shine. For the right person to see you and recognize who you really are. So don't give up and don't take for fact what people are saying about you or what the world is saying or what the enemy is trying to make you believe about yourself. You do qualify. The last one says, but look, but look, Saul said, <clears throat> Samuel, look, but look, but the Lord said to Samuel, I don't judge by his outer appearance or his height. For I have rejected him, for the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Point four is you, uh, you got to be chosen, look at your bloodline, overlooked. You have to look at the inside. Now, God says that he looks at the heart of a man. But can somebody go with me to 1 Samuel 13, 14? It says, but now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of the people because you have not kept the Lord's commandment. Right there, verse, the first part it says, but now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. We often hear that God says he looks at the heart of a man. But the text here says we should both, we're supposed to be looking at the heart of God. We should be desiring the heart of God. A lot of times we wait for God to look at us. We look, look, look at my heart, God. Look at my heart. Look at my heart. But the text is saying we need to look inside of God's heart. And that's what we need to be desiring. And if we can begin to desire God's own heart, then he then will begin to look at our heart as pure at that point. Because the truth be told, the most things we desire is what? The things of our own heart. That's what we desire. So can you, can, maybe because we're desiring the things of our own heart, just maybe some things in our life isn't quite lining up with what God wants because we're looking at our own heart 
and the desires of our own heart instead of first looking at what the desires of his heart is? Maybe if we shift our prayers to God, whatever it is you have for me to have, then I'm good with it. If you don't want me to have the big house, I'm okay with that. If you don't want me to have the car with the numbers on the back, I'm okay with that. God, if you don't want to have that job, I'm okay with that. But maybe we now should start looking inside of God's heart and take the personality, the personal feelings out of it. Because God wants to have the best for you regardless. So if we begin to look at his heart more than we look at our own heart, maybe some things might shift more in line. Maybe he'll start sending people your way to understand and, and respect the anointing that's on your life. Maybe he'll look at, uh, he'll, he'll look that you're qualified. Maybe other people start seeing you're qualified because God will then now put you in the forefront when your heart is chasing after him. It's easy for us to follow the desires of our heart and miss what God really has for us. As much as we want the stuff, God says, seek ye first. And in all these things, so the reality is if we just stop seeking the things for ourselves and seek him, everything we're asking for is going to be coming and falling in our laps. But we have to look inside first. Look inside of his heart. Find out what his desire for us is. Maybe it's for you to get all this great stuff, but you're looking at, oh, God, this is, this is what I want. God says, maybe I don't want that for you. Maybe I want more than that for you. You're selling yourself short. And you just want that? Look, just, just seek my heart first. Seek what I want for you. And I guarantee it's going to work out in your favor. So you do qualify. We qualify. But the only reason we qualify is because we're chasing after him. Our heart desire is chasing after his heart. And when we begin to chase after his heart, that's the true, that's the true symbol of our heart for him then. Because we're really chasing him and not everything else. Thank you, God. I qualify. There are many times in life that we look at what we see in front of us and think we do not qualify. We do not qualify for that job or that house. We have to stop looking at what we see with our eyes and focus on what we have in our hearts and know that we qualify. Remember that it's in our bloodlines the next time we think we do not qualify. God, thank you for qualifying us before we even know we needed it. God, remind us that just because it may seem like we are overlooked, it's just you building our audience for the wonderful blessings you have for us. Thank you, God, and be with us as we continue to walk in the qualified life that you have chosen for us. Amen.